Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Friday, March 6th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of the sharpest NBA DFS GPP, how about all those letters, minds in the industry. It is Mike Apatria. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing fantastic, Coach. Uh, I, you know, I, I've already had a good chance to look at this slate, and I have to say, man, this looks like it's going to be one of the more fun the DFS NBA slates that we've had so far this season. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm happy to be here with you. We're doing this bright and early, so you know I got the coffee and the cup. I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's, we're doing a crack of dawn show here, so it's uh, yeah, that playing music, man. I really needed that to get me going with playing a little basketball. That uh, that got me my juices flowing as soon as soon as I heard Mr. Curtis Blow doing a little uh, rap and it worked worked out good. A little a little like Mike, uh, a little like Mike intro right there. So That's um, right. I'm always I'm always for it. That was uh, I think that I think every kid when they watched that growing up, you know, around my age, you just thought you were a different player once you started. At least I know I had Iversons when I was younger, so huh? I had the Iverson threes when those first came out, and I figured, you know. Once I lace those up, you're always thinking, singing that theme song in your head, and you're going to go out there and ball. But no, I was uh, I was mediocre regardless of shoe. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure it, it helped you in some ways, at least with confidence, right? Absolutely, man. I, I know <laughs> if I spent an extra $40 on my shoes, then they better I better do something to them. Otherwise, my dad's going to be pissed. Better get it done. All right. Uh, before we uh, get into the injuries, which unfortunately there's a laundry list of injuries, um, remember to you can catch us at dfscoachtalk.com. That's our website. <clears throat> Hit the subscribe button and uh, join us in Discord. Uh, you know, all the way up until lock. 30 minutes before lock, we're putting out some solid uh, DraftKings and FanDuel lineups and. Uh, just crushing, man. Last night we we won again. We're 12 and three as a community, and I moved to 62 and 24. So I'm still fighting the fight to try to stay in that 70 percentile plus. So that's a good thing. Um, also, you can catch us on Twitter throughout the day. Obviously, since we're doing this so early, there's going to be a ton of changes. So follow us uh, at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, on Twitter throughout the day. Um, other than that, man, I think we just need to dive into this sucker because it is 10 games and uh, it starts at seven, goes all the way until the last game tips, which I am so excited for. It's 10:30 game, uh, Milwaukee and the Lakers, and I have it listed as a pick'em right now, and a lot of people think that's going to be the NBA Finals. It very well could be, and it would not shock me. I'm super excited about this game. Uh, you know, it's one of those get your popcorn ready, get your buddies, get the 12-pack, sit down, cancel your plans, and just watch some good basketball. Uh, and nothing's better because, you know, I know we always talk about those late-night hammers and not trying to get too much exposure to them just for the sake of it. Uh, but this is a fun game where, hey, you know, I don't mind getting a little exposure to it because – I'm going to be up late anyway. I'm going to be watching this game. I want to see my DFS lineups be thriving while I'm watching this game. And it's just, I love, I love basketball tonight, man. I'm so excited. You have no idea, coach. I'm really pumped up for tonight's slate and tonight's lineup of games. Uh, We have, we have poor teams that when they go against each other, it's still going to be super fun to watch. And then we have this late game hammer that, man, how do you not get excited for it? I'm ecstatic, man. All I know though is 
12 packs a little light, bro. You may need to go get the whole case. You know oh, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you, if you listen, you already know I'm, I'm a I'm a bourbon guy myself. So maybe oh, I'll have I something know. on the rocks. I get I call maybe I'll see what Santino's doing. Uh, for Uh-oh. those who are avid listeners, maybe I'll see if Santino wants to come down. He lives up in Hartford. I live in New Haven. So two nice. most populated cities in Connecticut, but an hour apart. So I'll, I'll make him take the train down here, or maybe I'll shoot up there. We'll watch that game, though. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna need somebody to, you know, at least look at that understands basketball on a fluent basis to be like, did you just see that play? Because sometimes I'll do it with my girlfriend. She'll be like, yeah, sure, I saw it. Yeah, it was great. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's awesome. I'll tell you, uh, you haven't really had a chance yet because I know your schedule's been crazy. But we, we have a chat in our Discord where a bunch of members get in there while the games are going on. And we're all watching the games and talking about them. It's hilarious, too, because depending, you know, we have people in Canada, people in Australia, people in California, and like you said, Connecticut, New Hampshire. I'm in Texas. We're all over the place. And all the time differences everywhere. And what happens is somebody inevitably is like 30 seconds ahead of somebody else who's 30 seconds ahead of somebody else. So, you know, I'll yell, Oh my God, that's not a foul. There's no way. And you hear silence on the other end. And then 30 seconds later, somebody, Oh my God. <laughs> the delay. So it's hilarious with the delay, but it's fun uh, getting in there and being able to bounce stuff off each other. And everybody sort of screams uh, when somebody hits a big four point play or something. And it's been great, man, especially in, when you can get past that cash line and get it done. So uh, it's it's been a good time. So, you know, for members that come aboard, uh, that Discord is really a blast. There's no doubt about it. All right, man, let's let's dive into these. Uh, and hopefully you, you, this, you could probably drink a whole nother cup of coffee and have a couple donuts by the time I get done with this sucker. But that's a good call. Maybe I should go. I'm going to go make a cup of coffee while you jet through these injuries, coach. Okay, man, you do that. Mute me, and I'll—I'm sure I'll still be chugging, chucking along here, <laughs> like the woodchuck. Quit chucking my wood. Here we go. Kyle Korver confirmed he is playing against the Lakers tonight. George Hill is 50-50 questionable, so that's important to Milwaukee. They need his backup minutes at point. Uh, Kenrich Williams is probable for the first time in forever, but do not play him. Uh, Kevin Knox, probable. He has been getting some run. Uh, The Mavs are just banged up beyond human beliefs. Now you've got even J.J. Barea is questionable. He might not play with a bad ankle. Uh, Mitch Robinson, we don't know yet. He's questionable, and that stinks because, you know, it's a hamstring, so we very well may not see him. Then we've got the two guys from Dallas, in Tim Hardaway and Luka Doncic, uh, questionable, 50-50. So that really stinks. Uh, I mean, you, there isn't even a, a solid over-under line on Dallas because they're so unsure of, of whether uh, Luka's going to play or not. Usually they get a good sense and put one up there. So I think it's a true, might end up being a true game-time decision on both of those guys, which makes that Dallas game impossible to figure out. Um, Cam Johnson for Phoenix is out. He's been shooting the ball well, so that's a loss for them. Then we have uh, three Atlanta Hawks that are all probable. So I would expect they'll play, and it's uh, Fernando, Bembry, and Reddish. 
and certainly all three of them will be in that rotation uh, and give Atlanta some much-needed depth, which doesn't help us in the DFS world, as we know, because that means there'll be a few more minutes split. Um, San Antonio's got a couple of guys out. Marco Bellinelli and LaMarcus Aldridge remains out. He's been out uh, all week pretty much with an illness. Um, Romeo Lankford is confirmed in for Boston, but Gordon Hayward is confirmed out. So that beefs up some of those Boston frontline guys uh, with Hayward out. Uh, seems like every game Victor Oladipo is 50-50 questionable, and that remains the same. Jakar Sampson also, and Doug McDermott also, and TJ Warren also. And not only is that bad news for four Indiana guys not knowing if they're going to play or not, Malcolm Brogdon is doubtful. So, man, they're going to have like uh, six, seven, eight guys on the bench for this game. I'm not sure if everybody sits of this group. Uh, you got to load up on the guys are going to get monster minutes uh, for the rest of them that remain. Um Alex Caruso and Anthony Davis both listed as probable. So we're going back to the 75% probable for Davis every day, like we had done all season. Um, Garrett Temple for Brooklyn is doubtful. Um, DeAndre Ayton is out for Phoenix. So that really, you know, what is the deal there? Does uh, the question is, do they play Baines at center? He was a, did not play coach's decision here. Uh, the last time out, and Sarge played some center, and they also have Czech Diallo. So complicated situation, even though Aiton is out, and I would keep an eye on that one. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, also questionable for the Mavericks. Good Lord, I might have to run down to the AAA Center, AA center down there and, and uh, put some warm-ups on. They may need an extra body on the bench. Um that would be uh, would be a riot, but uh, we're not going to do it. Ish Smith remains out, which I do like Napier uh, as the main point guard. He disappointed last time out, but this is against the Hawks. So there you go. Got to get fired up for a little Napier possibly tonight. I will say, though, that uh, the dude from uh, the Clippers that they picked up, Jerome Robinson, he, he did – take just as much time and usage at the point uh, that Napier did last time. So that is a concern. It's never easy in this game. You know what I'm saying? There's always something to figure out. Uh, Evan Fournier is doubtful, and that's big because he is a volume shooter for them, and that definitely opens up for some other people on that squad. Uh, Dame is in. He's fine. Seth Curry uh, not to be confused with Steph Curry, who played last night. That was fun watching him. Uh, Seth Curry is in for the Dallas Mavericks. So that's it. I would assume Mike probably polished off a half a box of those little mini donuts and uh, a full cup of coffee. Am I right? I got the cup of coffee, Coach, but I'm going to be honest. I'm a, I'm a donut guy, but it's got to be Entenmann's. I'm a big Entenmann's guy. I don't know if they have uh, that down there uh, in Texas. Uh, do you, have you ever heard of Entenmann's uh, baked goods? Like They make like the little the little half-dollar cookies that are like amazing and soft. That Oh, man, if you, I don't know if you have that down there, Coach, but get you some Entenmann's. I don't have it. I'm not what? aware of it. 
I, I'm not aware of it, sir. There's so many little nooks and cranny things that like you think is all over the country and then come to find out it's only like in New England. I'm sure you have a few down there in Texas and stuff like yeah, that. Oh, so yeah, for sure. I mentioned Dunkin' Donuts all the time. And some people, if you're not from New England, you're like, what the hell is Dunkin' Donuts? It's like a, a New England kind of Starbucks, but it's yeah. like a lot worse uh, well, than we Starbucks. Have Dun- we have Dunkin' Donuts here. Okay. So. It's my favorite. I'm from the East Coast originally, as you know. So I grew up on Dunkin', and man, you know, I it's my favorite. I like I like it better than Starbucks personally. I think it's the best. That I that I can't co-sign. I can't co-sign that. You like Starbucks better than Dunkin'? Uh, Dunkin's coffee doesn't do anything for me, man. That's what? why I like when when you hear me preach, and you know, you hear us preach coffee all the time. It's like, listen, I'm a coffee snob. I know my stuff. Um, I I just can't do Dunkin'. The dark roast is what I drink from Dunkin'. It's great. I get the K cups. They're perfect. Mm. Try it. Try it. All right. Listen, we are going to get into this slate because we both have lots to do today. And we want to get this out a little earlier to our members since it's a big Friday uh, slate. So let's go after this sucker with a reckless abandon. How does that sound? I'm ready. First game, the only 7 o'clock game. It is a 10-game main slate. So buckle up. We've got uh, Atlanta at Washington. Talk about buckling up right off the bat. Um, Atlanta is on the first night of a back-to-back. Washington is on an island. And you've got the fourth and sixth fastest teams in the league and the 28th and 30th defensive teams in the league. If that doesn't get you stoked up to roster some folks, you know, I guess the other pieces that will get you even more stoked up Washington's a three-point favorite, so it's a, a small line, and it is, by a good chunk, 11 points higher of an over-under than any other game on the board at a nice, juicy 2-4-6, not 8, who do we appreciate, just 2-4-6. So, you know, our big things for stacking games are fast pace. we got that. Bad defense, we got that. Low total, we got that. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, as far as the spread and high total on the over/under. So it checks every single block box. So what is what say you, Mr. Apatria, on how many Atlanta Hawks and Washington Wizards is the right number? I don't know if there's a wrong number, Coach. I mean, there's a ton of other games that we are going to want exposure to, so I don't know if I'm going to go full-on game stack. But listen, if you're going to do a full-on game stack, this is the type of game that you're looking for. Uh, we were just talking the other day about, the, you know, I think it was New Orleans and uh, Minnesota uh, that have one of the higher totals that we've seen almost in, in the past few years. And look at a week later, we're right back in the same boat. So we have another yep. phenomenal total in this one. You, you already touched on the defenses, the pace. It's just the combination that we're looking for. So, uh, you know, I'll start with the away team. I'll start with the Hawks. Uh, Trey Young's underpriced across the industry, 9,900. Um, you know, that's probably relatively close to where he should be priced at in a normal matchup, but this is not a normal matchup. Right. Uh, you know, so 9,900 on both sides. I have absolutely no quorums. Paying that price tag, honestly, the only way I don't get exposure to that is based on lineup construction where I need my other two guard spots or point guard slots like over on FanDuel to the point where, you know, maybe I go John Collins instead of Trey Young because I, I want exposure in this game to at least one of those have. top hawks. Give me John you Collins did, or give me Trey Young. start out the day with a nice apatria, though. 
Qualms <laughs> is what you're looking for. Quorum is like a, everybody agrees with one particular, you know, you take a quorum. But that's cool, man. I just I'm, added I, I it to the book. Listen, I got to throw it in there. Write it down. I, Put I'm, it on the pad. I just added it, you know, to the book here. <laughs> we're, we're up to page 11, man. We're going to be able to do multiple shows just yeah. on Apatria uh, outtake. Uh, not outtakes. What would you call them? Uh, I guess uh, apatriisms, we'll call them. How's that? I like that. Like All right. That. So how so, many other forums <laughs> do you have here, bro? So the way the way my construction is coming down, uh, my initial builds when I'm looking at this is in lineups, you know, so I, there's two guys I want some serious exposure to in this game on both sides. I want to look at Trey, Col- uh, Trey Collins, Trey Young and John Collins, and I want to look we, at Shabazz. Can we please combine those two and just pay one Trey salary? Collins. I would yes. pay 14, 15K for him easily. I would. Yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> so I, I know I want to get exposure to those two guys. And on the other side, I know I want some exposure to Bradley Beal, uh, Shabazz Napier, and a little bit of Rui. So the way that my, my construction is coming down, because we'll get to one guard later on in the night that I feel like is, is super hard to avoid, or at least one situation that we'll get to later on in the night that I think is super hard to avoid, which I'm FanDuel is going to take up one of my point guard spots. So in those scenarios where I do, I go with Napier, I'll pair him with John Collins in my front court. If I'm playing Trey Young, I don't mind running right back with some Bradley Beal and getting exposure yeah. to both, you know, my shooting guard and my point guard like that. So that's kind of the approach I'm taking. And then we'll get to these ancillary guys as far as your Kevin Werders, your DeAndre Hunters, your Cam Reddish. All these guys are in play. Um, would I go and play, you know, two of those guys? No, I'd probably be pairing maybe like a Werder with a John Collins or something like that. But I don't mind looking at those guys. But I'm really looking to pay up for the expensive guys in this game. It just fits the pace everything goes well uh we've seen trey young already you know play these wizards twice this season he's averaging 56 right. and a half k points against them i'm not afraid of that bradley beal only played in this matchup once he was sat out the other one but him himself i think he put up like a 53 dk point game so it has all the makings just to explode in this one and that's kind of the way i'm approaching it um and i'm limiting it myself to just those three guys probably on, on each side so for the hawks i'll be looking at collins Werder, young on the wizards i'll be looking at Rui. i'll be looking at shabazz and i'll be looking at beal Beautiful. Well, I'll tell you, I'm just going to start right out of the shoot here. This is my favorite game of the NBA season to this point. How's that for a large statement? It's, I'm, it just comes at no surprise, Coach. I mean, this is there's it's, not too many it's games. It's a perfect you see like storm. This. You know, it's a perfect storm to me. Uh, and, you know, from a DFS standpoint, I am going to step out of this game with five guys. Um it's I don't normally stack that deep very, very seldom. Usually three is my biggest stack, but I just see everything coming together in this game to to make it unavoidable. And, you know, I don't see how you don't roster uh, pay the big bucks and roster Trey Young and Bradley Beal on the other side. And then you've got all kinds of guys. Uh, I mentioned Ish Smith is still out. So Napier is a great play. They played Napier and Jerome Robinson a lot in the last game. They even played them next to each other. So for a cheap uh, play, Jerome is in play. I think that uh, you certainly can look at some of the secondary guys like a DeAndre Hunter uh, and and, uh, possibly even Kevin uh, Herter. Uh, For Washington, you know, Hashimura has been playing well. I think he's got to be in consideration because his price tag is still down there. you know, and I again, I like uh, some of the backups there with Napier and, you know, even May uh, Gander at a couple uh, one or two other guys, depending on how the build goes. But I, I can see myself stepping away from here 
with five guys at the very worst four, but uh, more than likely five. Cause I think this is the, you know, again, we've got nine games. It's a big slate, but I don't know how you don't check every box here. And then some, it's just that yeah. simple. It, and you, that's it. It is just that simple. You, I mean, walking out of this game with, with only like one player, or if you don't have any exposure to this game, you're, Probably not doing something right on on your card or on your bill unless you're just trying to go completely contrarian uh, and then maybe take the small chance that this game blows out. But I just don't I don't feel confident betting on that. So I'll, I'll probably be with you. I'll probably be walking out of here. I don't know if I'll have five. I don't mind having five. I mean, this is the game that if you want five in, it's going to be this one. But I could see myself having probably, uh, you know, at least three, I would say. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you don't, I think you get so far behind you're playing catch up all night. It just seems like that would be the case. Uh, all right, let's go on to game two. It's a 7:30 Eastern game. The Spurs against the Brooklyn Nets. You've got Brooklyn a three and a half point favorite, and the the total is 224. Uh, pace wise, San Antonio 16, Brooklyn 10, and the Spurs defensively are horrible, 27th. Brooklyn's up to eighth. Uh, we do not have the implied totals yet because it's so early in the morning. We're doing this show earlier than we normally do, so uh, you can check those implieds later. We'll tweet them out, uh, and we'll put them up on on uh, our Discord. But, uh, yeah, that's the deal there. So we've got, you know, Brooklyn only being a three-and-a-half-point favorite, so it should stay close. There's some key players still out, uh, especially on the Spurs. So how does this game shape up for you, Mike? So, I mean, the Spurs are kind of stepping into a pretty decent spot right here. I mean, the same could be said for Brooklyn, but, I mean, the Spurs is a spot that we know we can take advantage of with Lamarcus Aldridge and Jakob Pertle both rolled out already, like you said. Um, you know, Trey Lyles let a lot of people down in that last game, burned a lot of wells. I mean, he was coming off of two great games before then, so I had some exposure to him on a bad night. It was a good matchup against Charlotte, but... Uh, you know, he was bound down to or bound to come back down to earth after a little yeah. while. There you go. Got it back out. But I have no problem actually going back to him in this matchup. It's, I mean, he's playing center in that game that he struggled against Charlotte. It's not like he saw his minutes limited or anything like that. Uh, just, you know, shot 25 percent from the floor. Didn't get the rebounds weren't really falling his way. One from six from three point land. So a lot of things, just a bad overall game for Trey Lyles. So. I really have no issues after a couple people check that box score. They're going to, you know, maybe get a little bit more worried about them going back to the well here. It's it's a center going against the Nets. I don't want to overthink things too much in this kind of scenario. Still fair priced, uh, power forward eligibility on both sides. So 5,100 over there on DK. I believe he's about 5,200 over there on FanDuel. I don't mind paying for it. Um, do I feel safe about it in cash? Probably a little less safe in cash. I think he's probably a better tournament play just because we just got a good glimpse of that floor. <laughs> so uh, that it could burn yeah. you. But um, I think in cash, he's very viable. And then uh, DeMar DeRozan, obviously, 7,200 is more than a fair price tag on DK. I like yeah. him a lot better on DK. I think he's significantly underpriced. I don't know if I'll get to him on FanDuel because I already kind of have my shooting guard spots picked out. But uh, I, 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 here we go. Wouldn't knock you. He's, he's a fantastic play. We know the usage is going to be there. He's been facilitating a little bit more recently. That's always something that we like to see when we're targeting DeMar DeRozan because uh, when we know he's going to be putting up the assists like he has been, 10, 7, 9, and 9, it just elevates his floor, it elevates his ceiling, but it's not elevating his price tag just yet. So I think those two guys are fantastic plays, and if I had to pick a third option, uh, I'd be looking at maybe a little bit of like Rudy Gay. Uh, he's been playing significant minutes. I'm not going towards that uh, Eubanks trip. I mean, don't buy into that. The minutes are going to be right. around 10 or 11 every game, but Rudy Gay has been seeing uh, significant uh, minutes in 
increase, 26, 26, and 30 over the past games. Shot attempts have been in the double digits along that span. Uh, maybe yeah. not so much in DK, but on a site like FanDuel where we need two small forwards, and there's if you're not paying up at small forward, a lot of the other options are kind of unappealing. He comes into play as far as that. That makes sense. What about on the net side of the ball? So the net side of the ball, it's always just Dinwiddie or Levert. Which one are we going to in this kind of scenario? Right. Um, you know, I'll probably lean more towards Dinwiddie, which means it'll probably be a Levert game. I just don't, I just don't want to buy into that, you know, that massive fourth quarter and overtime that he had. I get it. He did something that's never been done before in the NBA. And that's more of a reason for me not to think that it's going to happen again anytime soon. So, uh, you know, I know where Dinwiddie's usage is on night in night out basis. Uh, prior to his last two games, he's had two down games prior to that though, back to back 49 DK point games, uh, double digits assists, 25 plus points. Those are the types of games I expect from Dinwiddie more often than not. And he already kind of blew up against the Spurs earlier in the season. They couldn't contain him. He took 29 shot attempts from these two teams faced off earlier in the season, put up 50 DK points in that one. So I'll be looking at Dinwiddie as probably my lone option as anybody on Brooklyn side of the ball. And then those guys I talked about in the Spurs. Very good. Well, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you on this one. I, I see two rosterable uh, Spurs and two rosterable uh, Nets. And it's pretty cut and dry. So the question is, you know, on a 10-game slate, you can be extremely picky. But based on, you know, when I'm building my lineup on salaries, I think uh, DeRozan and Lyles are the two obvious choices. Uh, You know, I don't trust Pop very much beyond that because you never know what he's going to pull out of his bag of tricks with his rotations and everything else. But I do trust those two guys are going to play and play solid minutes and, uh, and, you know, make value on the Brooklyn side, you know, it's the same as everything else. I mean, how can you not like Dinwiddie and Levert, uh, the Spurs 27th ranked defense, you know, both Dinwiddie and Levert are, are, um, playing great ball right now, you know, two, 224 is a solid number on the, on the total. So, uh, you know, the problem is you start getting into an expense issue here. So, you know, you, you got to pretty much choose between uh, the two nets and, uh, you know, the possibility of, of taking those two spurs still is in play. But, uh, you know, beyond those four, I just don't see anything. Uh, you know, we don't have to go nearly as deep as we usually do today because we've got 10 really good games to choose from. So, you know, you don't have to dig down and get the Torian Princes or, you know, the the even the DeJounte Murray's really, I mean, it's, uh, you don't have to go that deep, uh, in my opinion. So, all right, let's move on to game three. It's also a seven 30, uh, Eastern game. It is the thunder against the New York Knicks. We'll see if they let Spike Lee in the building, even though he spent, uh, they said some kind of like $30 million in his lifetime, uh, on Knicks tickets and stuff like that. Uh, and they they wouldn't let him in the the uh, employee entry. So. I, I think I think the bigger part of that is how they they've used him as an ambassador over the years. That's the crazy part. Oh you my know, god! Having, having they, to go they, to meetings they, and everything. Dwayne, did you hear what came yeah. out in Dwayne Wade's camp? What they said? How how someone in Dwayne Wade's camp? I guess he said it to Stephen A. Smith. He wanted to remain anonymous. All this, this and that. But he said, and that's the crazy part is that they're remaining. They're they're doing all this and. and you know, they would send Spike Lee to meet with Dwayne Wade and his people to try to bring him to New York and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, it, it, so to me, you're you're treating that guy like an employee. Well, absolutely. <laughs> let him take absolutely. the employee entrance at that point. You let I him mean, take whatever entrance you want, man. Yeah. I mean, that's it just shows to you that, 
the Knicks owner is the worst owner in the league. The guy is a complete clown and he needs to sell. I mean, when you're when your crowd is chanting sell the team, sell the team. I mean, what does that tell you, dude? Yeah, they're not big Dolan fans. I don't think anybody in, in the world is at this point. And, uh, it's just bad because this was once uh, looked at like a franchise that was a cornerstone and a pillar of the NBA. You know, it when you was. talk Lakers, Celtics, Spurs, you know, Knicks are right there with them. Uh, and, and when now, I was a young, my very first memories of basketball, very, very first, were when the Knicks were in their heyday. I was really little, but I remember it very well. They had Walt Frazier. Clyde the Glide, uh, or not Clyde the Glide, uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe. They had, uh, you know, just one guy after another, just super uh, yeah. player. Bill Bradley, yeah, who ended up a senator. Uh, I mean, then you look at the next generation when you're talking about guys, you know, you're talking Ewings, you're talking Bernard Kings. Uh, you know, yes. Mello even came in there when Mello was in there putting up some of his aid. They, they were still a very relevant team. They still very had very relevant. relevant superstars. They were able to sell. Now it's just like you're selling tickets, overpriced tickets, let that be said, because you're in Madison Square Garden near the Knicks. And then you're an owner like like Dolan throwing out guys left and right, whether it's Spike Lee, uh, you know, Charles Oakley, all these. It's it's just it's what amazing. are you doing? What yeah, are you doing? They got to get rid of them. But they it was funny because they were. You know how they uh, superimposed uniforms? They had uh, Spike Lee all decked out in a Brooklyn Nets outfit now. <laughs> That's the first thing that came into my mind, too, is I was like, if, I were him, if I'm him, I'll just go over to, you know, go somewhere where you're wanted. I know you do, he's not the type of dude that's just going to bandwagon no. hop or anything like that. That would never happen. But he's already said he's not going to any more Nick games this season. Um, yeah, that's you know, unbelievable, that dude. I mean, that's if, if Spike Lee is going to say that, I'm, I'm at, I'm at the stage where if I'm a Nick fan, I'm boycotting the team. I'm not showing up. Yeah. I'm not buying a ticket. If I have a season ticket, whatever, I'm eating it. It's just if you want to see some change over the next few years, it's got to be the fans that kind of force the issue at this point. Yeah, they need it. They need to force him to sell. He's he's a complete cancer. All right. Um, I have no idea where I left off. Did I give the line yet? Oklahoma City is minus seven at the Knicks, and it's uh, pace wide. Oh, it's a two eighteen and a half. So pretty low total. Uh, in fact, uh, third lowest on the board. Uh, as far as pace, not good. Thunder twenty third, Knicks twenty first. Um, but defenses, uh, Oklahoma City's pretty good at ten. Knicks, not so good. Uh, they're 24. So we've got, um, you know, a Thunder team that's playing pretty good ball coming in here and uh, not a really good total and not a really good game with a 10-game slate here. So what do you think, man? Uh, to be honest, Coach, I'm not I'm not too enticed by this game whatsoever right now. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be a few one-off pieces that we could talk about, so I will do that. You know, I'll start with the away team with the OKC. I'm not really going to be going towards too much Chris Paul. I just don't like targeting him in matchups where they're not going to be re- – I, I don't think this game is going to necessarily be a blowout, but I like him targeting him in more of competitive games where they need to play him 33, 34, 35 minutes. I just don't see that game, this game being one of those. So he's not going to be in my player pool. Uh, Shea, yeah. I'll keep in there for now, but I'm not overly excited about him in this matchup. It's not a bad matchup whatsoever, but you know when we're talking about shooting guards, there's going to be plenty of them that we'll get to on this slate. So I'll, I, I will keep guys like Schroeder and Adams in there because their salaries being around that 6K mark. I still think there's some room for upside in those. 
Uh, Adams, when he gets the minutes going against bigger front courts, can generally play well. He's been playing much better since the All-Star break. And then Schroeder, we know, is going to get that bench usage. He's still going to get his fourth quarter run. He's still going to get all this, this, and that, regardless of the score. I like those two guys. And then on the um, on the Knicks side of the ball, it's really just going to be two guys I, I have any interest in. It's going to be a little bit of Bobby Portis. If Mitch Robb has rolled out for some reason, then you know you can look at him. He's still a fair price tag, 4500 over there on DK. Played well against Utah, and that's one of the tougher matchups you can get. So I yeah. wouldn't mind looking at him. And then maybe Alfred Payton at 6400 just because of what he's been doing night in and night out. But, again, we have so many guards to choose from. Does he make my player pool? Probably when it's all said and done, he does not. But I'll keep him in there for now just uh, for the sakes of it. And we'll mention him because I know a lot of people out there do those turbo games and the 730 slates and other things. So he's in play on those. Well, for this game, I am going to that wonderful West Texas City. Do you know which one I'm talking about? West Texas City? Yes. Okay. So let me uh, let me see where you're, let me see where you're going with this. Is, is there like a city called Randall out there? Nope, it's a city <laughs> called El Paso. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. This game is not coming into play nah, for me. I, and, and that's and that's the same that's the same gist I was getting. Uh, you know, I like to talk about some guys on here regardless, just because of those other no, no. and, yeah, and yeah. everything. But no, my main slate, I'm probably with you. I, I don't think I'll end up with anybody on this. Yeah, it just doesn't mix or make sense to me to you know spend up for a Randall and. Mm-hmm. Or a Peyton with with uh, CP guard. I just don't like the game. So let's let's rock on to our first eight o'clock game. Uh, this game should be a pretty good one, especially with Boston being a little short-handed. Uh, so it is uh, the Utah Jazz at the Boston Celtics. Utah is on the first night of a back-to-back. Boston is on an island. We've got uh, a two-point favorite for the Celtics. Two eighteen is the a total, which is low, but to be expected because you've got two good defensive teams. Pace-wise, not the greatest. Utah 22nd and Boston 17th, so that hurts the possessions a little bit. But defensively, Utah's 14th and Boston's 4th, so definitely some teams that can play some lockdown at times. Um, intriguing game. It uh, is. I know there's... Uh, uh, the uh, Milwaukee Lakers are on as a national TV game. What is the early national TV game? Is it this one? I know? would assume. I, I have not looked, but that's that's what I would assume. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's tough for me because I live in I live out here in New England. So on some of those things where it's a nationally televised game, it gets blacked out on other channels oh, and vice versa. So Celtics, yeah. the Knicks, and the Nets are all on, on tonight. So. It's kind of going to be a conglomerate. Those are the three teams that generally get showed on uh, our, our local listings over here. Uh, I so I got to see. I don't know how that's going to roll out for me. I mean, yeah, I know what I'm going to be watching. I mentioned it because you can add two or three percentage points on all ownerships for guys that play on those national TV uh, games. Because inevitably, people that don't have the NBA ticket or whatever, they want to roster and root for the guys that they're they're playing so just something else to keep in mind but how do you see this game playing out um i see it being like a decent one-off type uh type game i'm not going to go overexposed you touched on both of these teams defenses already i mean that can be taken with a grain of salt with the celtics with them missing so many bodies but the guys that we're generally afraid of marcus smart he's going to be in there so um you know we'll start we'll just break this down and start with the away team that's generally how i approach it. i'll look at utah um rudy gobert very much in play i heard i touched off at the top of the show about a few centers i have a lot of interest in he's one of them he didn't play well in this matchup earlier in the season but i'm not really worried about that i'm willing to throw that one away uh he only yeah. put up i think it was like 
like nine points, nine rebounds, uh, you know, two blocks and a steal. That's hmm. a bad Rudy Gobert game. Um, you know, if sure. they're going to, yeah, I'm not worried about that necessarily. 7,800 over there on DK. I believe he's like 70, 79 or 81 over there on FanDuel. That's a fair price tag for him. Boston's is. front court is weak as can be. Uh, they don't have anybody that can size up with Gobert. So he's definitely in play. I won't be looking at Mitchell in this one. I don't I don't mind him. Mitchell's that type of guy where he can go off on any given slate. I gotta take a stance on some players. Um, and I'll take one on him where I'm not gonna be playing him. I don't wanna I don't wanna target Marcus Smart going against him. Instead, I'll look at Conley, who's going to be getting a hobbled uh, Kemba Walker defense, dealing with some knee soreness. Yes, he's back and everything like that. His minutes are slowly getting ramped up, but that's the kind of exposure I'll look to uh, look to get. I'll, I'll look at Rudy. I'll look at Conley on the on the Jazz side, and then looking over there on Boston. It's worth noting that it is Marcus Smart's birthday today, Coach. Oh, uh, he, narrative, he, huh? He's a March sixth baby. Um, so. I think that's worth noting. It's also worth yeah. noting that Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward are out. So he's going to be getting a small uptick as far as uh, usage. And he's been frustrated. I mean, if you've been watching the Celtic games, Marcus well, Smart was, has been getting frustrated past two yeah. games now. Uh, well, you know, two games ago, he got into a pushing or shoving match. It looked like with a ref almost got suspended, caught a nice $25,000 fine because of it. Uh, you know, that's going to take away from his birthday money, which which we don't like to see. But one imagines this guy wants to go pop a bottle out in Boston after this game coming off of the W in a big game. So I will keep him in my player pool. He's probably the only Celtic I have any interest in tonight with those injuries. I know that sounds a little crazy, coach. Yeah, but, no, but that's it. He, he's the only Celtic I have any interest in. And even then, he's got to make the cut because there's a few shooting guards that are going to be hard. So he's probably not going to be my first shooting guard option I'm throwing in. Maybe more of a DK type play where I could get you know exposure to whatever position in, in so many different ways. But uh, on, on FanDuel, it's going to be hard-pressed because we talked about Bradley Beal. We're going to talk about a few other shooting guards that we have interest in. So he's probably coming in right now as my third favorite shooting guard, fourth maybe on the slate. Still okay. very much in play, though. Yeah, definitely. For me, this game's pretty simple. I, you know, I've, I've got some interest in Gobert. Uh, you know, uh, Daniel Tice has played really, really good ball for a guy that wasn't expected to be anything but a, a chip-in backup guy. And he's... Uh, you know, he's had several 30 plus uh, DFS point games, but uh, I just don't know defensively if, you know, I, I still think he's going to have a little trouble rebounding against Gobert. So Gobert remains in play a little bit. Uh, he's not my top choice right now, but he is the only Utah Jazz player that I like in this matchup. For me, it's all about Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum has been playing as a top three player in the league uh, for the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's just been out of his mind shooting the ball and just doing everything. So he's my first choice here. He's expensive as hell, though. So, you know, it, unfortunately, we live in this salary world and it's difficult. So but he is my favorite Celtic by a mile. I did have Marcus Smart and uh, Daniel Tice on my second flight list of in my player pool with the possibility of rostering. But now that I know it's smart's birthday and great read on the eye test, you know, smart has not gotten into a groove. The last game, he just looked agitated the whole game. So, you know, the question is, will he play through that now and be good and, and blow up this game and do great? Or is he just in one of those mental funks that he seems to get in when he just is, frustrated with everything and you know who knows if he's going to get teed up or yeah. thrown out you know sort of like the the days you know when you'd play cousins and you'd be worried you know 
is is the guy going to actually get thrown out or is he going to get to you know play the whole game because that's that when you start thinking about stuff like that you know the guy is a troublemaker on the floor so I don't know. I mean, I, I like it. I love the birthday narrative, too. And uh, he certainly has a chance to make my lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And then one thing I wanted to touch on about him yesterday, too, if you played him on that last slate, which I had a couple shares of him, I didn't go overboard on Cleveland. I just I mean, overall, it just felt like a weird, funky spot to pay 7K for him over there on DK. But well, if you did, did play him, I yeah, did. well, listen, <laughs> I, I, I did have some exposure. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't. I probably had about 30 percent, which is pretty high exposure when you're talking about overall in the night. But, you know, not having him in 70 percent of the slates kept me afloat. Uh, but he started that game, I believe it was like 0 for 9 or 1 for 9, like going into the half, and he ended up finishing the game 5 of 15. So he started yeah. getting in that groove in the second half, ended up shooting 4 of 6 in the second half, uh, really started putting things together, almost salvaged his night because he was so bad early it was on. was incredible. So when you when you take that into account, um, I'm willing to throw that one out of the window. I'm not really too concerned about that game. It was against Cleveland, which is an anomaly of itself, having being a point guard or a shooting guard and having a bad game against them. On top of the poor shooting, still managed to finish with 25 and a half DK points. Didn't get anything done in the assistant rebound column, really. And the previous, uh, you know, three games prior to that, we're talking about a 47, a 51, and a 43 and a half uh, DK yep. point game. So it could be a good bounce back spot. It happens to be on his birthday. There's a lot of things going for it. So, you know, there's a few narratives involved. I, I expect a couple other sharks to be on these narratives and kind of pay attention. So I don't expect that we're going to get him at an insanely low ownership or anything like that. But, um, Probably, I would say, better GPP play than it is cash. I don't know if I would trust a birthday narrative for cash. Well, I I like him in cash, and it's not just because of the birthday narrative at all. I mean, like you said, I was in Discord when that game was going on, and we rostered him on our main uh, cash game. And there was five minutes and 34 seconds left in the second quarter. And guess how many DFS points Marcus Smart had put together at that point of the game? Uh, what was it? Probably 14, 13, 0.6. Yeah. Cause he had a rebound, a turnover and, and that, that was about it. So it we figured nine. slate's dead. You know, we're going to take a guy a zero. I said, listen, don't give up. All we needed to do is get him to 30 and we'll be in perfect spot. And somehow, some way he scratched his way, like you said, to almost 26 and that was with it as being at 0.6 with five minutes left in the half. So, uh, you know, he has shown consistency without question. And, you know, his price tag has still remained very fair. And I think that he's a great play, uh, you know, if you can fit him in. Again, with 10 games and those positions being so, you know, you can't roster too many people, it, it makes it a tough choice. But, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm with you. All right, let's let's go on to game two at 8 o'clock. It is the Indiana Pacers at the Chicago Bulls. Uh, we've got Indiana, a five-point road favorite. The, the total's 213.5. Uh, from the pace standpoint, not really conducive, um, 24 and 15, respectively. And uh, I just noticed the 213.5 total is the lowest on the entire board, by the way. Um, so that's not not good for DFS purposes. And a lot of that has to do with the defense. Indiana's seventh and Chicago's 15th and moving up. So, yeah, I mean, the game should stay fairly close, I guess. But the, the total is a little concerning. And uh, some of the rotations on these two teams with a lot of people chipping in is a little bit concerning so you know this wouldn't be a bad game on a four game slate to to 
you know, grab some guys from. But where we can be super picky with 10 games, I don't know if anybody makes my my ticket off of this game. Ooh, I'm uh, I'm not with you right there, coach. I think there's this is where I was talking about getting some of my guard value, man. I got to use some wow. of my guard value here. Uh, I mean, with Malcolm Brogdon pretty much already ruled out, he's doubtful. Uh, Jeremy Lamb done for the season. Uh, we have Victor Oladipo, who I'd be surprised if he plays. He's questionable right now, but he's missed the past right. few. Uh, TJ Warren's also questionable. Doug McDermott is also questionable. Yeah. There's going to be some bodies that are going to have to play here. Whether, you know, I expect either if Aaron Holiday or McConnell, one of those two guys should start, if not both. Uh, That's my problem, though. I Not to interrupt you, but I, I looked at that, too. And I love both of those guys individually. But I, I can't see how they don't split this game almost right down the middle. And you know how I am with that. If you tell me my guy's getting 23, 24 minutes as a ceiling going in, that makes me not comfortable. Well, I don't I don't think that I think they'll both play 30, to be honest. I don't I don't expect them to chop up the minutes. I mean, if we look at their last game, I think McConnell was just under 30 minutes in, in that one. Um, and that was, you know, right following the Brogdon injury. So he looked like he was the direct, uh, you know, beneficiary to Brogdon getting hurt. So I expect him to draw the start, and he's probably the guy I have a little bit more interest in. But Holiday sure. played 25 minutes in his own right. The Chicago backcourt is not the Chicago backcourt that we've been looking at all season long, especially no. without, uh, you know, done out for the year now. So I, I, do, I do think it's a vulnerable position to attack. Um, and I, I think both those guys are, should see at least 25 and they could both graze that 30-minute mark, especially if a guy like, you know, we see Doug McDermott and Warren out. Because then we, we see, you know, everybody kind of slide over a little bit more. They can get, probably get a, go, uh, go towards more of a small guard lineup going against his Bulls, knowing that they like to play, you know, Sadoransky uh, and Kobe White out there, too. So I'm with we'll you, see. man. But, we'll but see. the question is, I mean, that that's such a, a big difference. I mean, if I told you right now, you know, I will – you can roster TJ McConnell and I – he will play 24 minutes. Would you do that for 24 minutes? No, but I don't, I think 24 but, would be, so that's then lower than his four. If I said, I guarantee you 32 minutes, would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So that's my point. How do you feel comfortable enough? That seven minute, eight minute swing is going to be massive. So I would say follow coach, you know, the coach talk stuff all day because I'm with you. I get it. I mean, one of those guys, specifically to me, McConnell could have a great game, but I just don't want to get stung with 20 teams playing tonight with a guy that's going to play 22, 23 minutes. That so would hurt. Let me ask you. So if you, if, let's just say McConnell does play 22, 23 minutes, Victor Oladipo's out, Brogdon's out. We already know Jeremy Lamb's out. That means that we know Holiday has to play 30 plus minimum. So one of those guys is playing those. So I'm looking towards, I, I, I expect it to be McConnell to draw the start. I think Aaron Holiday makes a lot more sense in GPPs because he's gonna, if, if it is McConnell starting, I still think Holiday is going to have to get some usage. And that's another thing to take into account. It's not just yeah. the, uh, the minutes that these guys are going to be getting. They're going to be getting a fair amount of usage as well. So, I, you know, I think that uh, I think that both of these guys are very much in play, um, regardless of what kind of news comes out. I think Brogdon's already been basically ruled out. Like I said, these guys are going to have to play. I mean, there's there's guys that played in that last game. Like if Warren sits, he played 33 minutes. If we know Warren's yeah. sitting, that's 33 minutes that has to go on the wing. And uh, whether Doug, regardless Doug of whether McDermott has 18 minutes, he's Jakar questionable Sam- as well. Car so, Sampson, 16, he's yep. questionable. So, you know, here's the guys that you might, and I'll just throw these out there to you. I won't I won't even say TJ Leaf because I don't want you to have to hang up 
and, Don't and get disconnect me from the call. Um, <laughs> but Edmund Sumner's back. He's playing. Goga Batazzi's there. He can get some of those minutes. Aaron's brother, Justin, could be the sneak secret squirrel. He could play 25 to 28 yep. minutes. So, yep. again, those are all questions, you know, or is it go the opposite direction and completely lean on Sabonis and Turner uh, being your main guys? So it's it's a complex game. I, I don't know. I think I think the more we talk about it, the more we're overthinking things because there's just so many bodies that are, are, you know, questionable right now where even if, you know, I t- I'm looking at this game right now where I'm already considering Brogdon out. I'm already considering, obviously, Lamb out and I'm considering all the depot out with those three being out alone. I have interest in McConnell and the other guards for sure, without a doubt. Throw in one more injury. Let's just say even if it's just Doug McDermott's 19 minutes that are out. Cool. I'll take that because I know those That's 19 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot of minutes. So we're already looking at a floor of McConnell and Holiday at, I would say, floor, absolute floor, 25 minutes. Throw one more injury, those both those guys should be touching 30. With their price tags, we're talking these guys on FanDuel, almost minimum salary coach. You know, I think I'm Holiday's 37. I, so. I mean, you don't have to convince me. I mean, I would love to put McConnell, and I like Justin Holiday, and mm-hmm. I like these guys, but it's that pushing that final button, I still say. And you just said it again, and it's true. If they play 24-25, I don't want them. If they play 32-33, they're great value. So it's that, oh, you just got to have the courage to push the button uh, and go with your gut on this. But you're right. This, I mean, this, you can get one or two value plays from this particular game on the Pacers side because they're so shorthanded. That really helps you develop the rest of your lineup. But you have to push the right buttons. That's mm-hmm. the tough part. Yeah. So, I mean, when will we have all that news? I assume so. I think that we will get most of this news by the time lock. I don't think these are guys that, you know, maybe Warren plays, maybe maybe McDermott. Maybe these aren't even serious injuries. Um, so that's kind of why I'm gauging it towards these guards right now. But I do like Justin Holiday a lot, too. Those three guys, I'm going to be getting value. One of those guys will be in every single one of my lineups that I can assure you. And I feel confident saying that right now. I will have at least one of Holiday, McConnell or the or Justin Holiday in all of my lineups to get my value. Because as of right now, I'm not seeing a ton of value. I know we have a 10 game slate. I know we have plenty of injuries, but I'm not seeing a ton of value that pops off the page to me just, just yet where I'm able to get some of that exposure to, we've already talked about Trey young. We talked about Bradley Beal. We have, you know, guys that we're going to get to Giannis Davis, LeBron later. Uh, We have guys to spend up on and we're, and these aren't guys in necessarily bad matchups either. Um, that we're going to, uh, listen, going to need exposure to. You know, I feel like yeah. this is going to be a hard slate to not have two guys that are, you know, at least 9K or above. I mean, we haven't even touched on getting to that that Portland game where we have an underpriced Lillard and some other things. So Yeah, what about Milwaukee and the Lakers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and we'll touch on them. And this, I do, like, you know, you immediately people get scared off by the team defenses both these guys have. But we're going to talk about it because uh, anytime Milwaukee's playing in a competitive game and you're telling me that Middleton and Giannis are going to be playing five more minutes above their season average, yeah, you got to be interested in that. So that's kind of where I'm coming. I know I just need this value in this slate. And, uh you know, I like, maybe I like your Pacers tape, but also remember when you're making those final decisions, this is the lowest total of all ten. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's why I'm only looking <laughs> to play one of those guys. I'm not going to go overboard and think I can stack this game. So I'm really only looking to have one Pacer. Um, whether you know, it, it, I think it's going to be the guards. And listen, I don't even mind Sabonis. I think this is a great spot for Sabonis as well. I just don't know how I'm going to be able to pay up for him. I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going to talk to making lineups tonight i mean there's so many good choices but 
most of them are super expensive. It's it's almost impossible. Yep. Well, I mean, so far in my original shell right now, I know we don't want to spend too much more time, especially on this game. Uh, I have a shell with Trey Young, Bradley Beal um, as my two expensive guys. I got a couple guys in there around that six to seven K range. I'm using some value from that uh, Indiana game. Um, I, you know, it's not completely filled out shell just yet, but I'm telling you, I need at least two guys that are 9,900 yeah. or above, whether it's Beal and Trey Young, uh, you know, whether it's Giannis and Beal, Giannis and Young and you know, maybe if I'm avoiding Beal, I'm getting some Napier play. If I'm avoiding Trey Young, maybe I'm getting some Collins play. But I'm 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 mixing and matching with this. It's definitely a multiple lineup type day for me. Uh, my single entries are, are where I'm going to have some trouble building because I got to make some real tough decisions. Yeah. Um, in that kind of aspect, maybe I go a little less risk in my single entry, kind of take more of a cash game approach, just because I know I want all my guys to you know be seeing significant minutes and everything like that. You can't really take so many duds in single entries as much as you no. could. So. Um, you know, it's going to come down to construction. It's going to come out to how you feel, the news that breaks, everything that comes in there. But I just like to paint a nice, big, broad picture with my big paintbrush over here, letting people know uh, the way I'm approaching this slate. And it's definitely one where we're going to have we're going to have guys to pick, but it's going to come down to construction for me. I've seen you paint before, and that paint by numbers set doesn't count. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm not a, I'm no Bob Ross. No, I don't have, I don't paint too many happy trees and you know, smiling clouds or anything like that. Bob. Bob Ross was a badass man. I love that dude. Legend. Le- yes. I, listen, if you ever struggling to fall asleep and you just, you know, whatever it is, ah, ah, put ah. some Bob Ross on very late at night, nice low volume, and you exactly. will drift off into your dreams. It's a happy trees and, and is, it'll be a, it'll be a nice night. He is the most relaxing dude of all times. All right. Did, anything on the Bulls side in that game, by the way? Since just Kobe spent White. like half the show on the Pacers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just Kobe White for me. And again, so many guards to choose from, maybe a little bit more of a DK play, but you can't ignore the shot attempts for this guy. Uh, he's basically just taken Zach Levine's usage and made it his own. He's getting all of Zach Levine's shot attempts. Uh, I think it was, uh, you know, he hasn't had a game over the past four where he's taken less than 17 shot attempts oh, he's, uh, he playing. lets it fly, baby. Yeah, yeah. And I've, the, I've rostered him three times in a row, so I don't know. The string may come to an end in this game, but... Man, is he fun to watch because every time he touches the ball, you pretty much think he's going to either shoot it or drive and try to make a bucket at the hoop. He is uh, he's fun. He's going to be a good one. Yep. And that's it. That's it for me over there. I'm not going to be going to Wendell Carter Jr. For some reason, they're going to be like, oh, minutes limit, you know, lifted. I can have some interest on FanDuel at 4,100. I think that's stupid cheap. We already know that Chicago is going to need their bigs to match up against for size. So if for yeah. some reason they're going to lift that minutes cap, I'd have some interest in uh, in Wendell Carter Jr. Less on uh, on DK where he's 5K, but on FanDuel at 4,100, that's an enticing price tag. It is, if even if he gets 25 minutes. But again, you really it's hard to do that on a slate this big. But we're halfway yeah. through. I mentioned real quick, you know, uh, hit us up DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, hit the subscription button, jump into our Discord uh, lineups, you know, great community. We're having an absolute blast. Like I say, we're only a couple of weeks, just over a couple of weeks old, but we're growing like crazy. Our podcast uh, surpassed over a thousand downloads two days ago for the first time. So, you know, we're really excited. We thank all of you out there that are joining in to the DFS Coach Talk family. You know, you can hear our show seven days a week in front of the paywall. It's a free show that we're going to lay it all out there. Everything we know at that moment is going to be laid out there. We're not holding anything back or, or you know, just wanting you to subscribe to get the final answer. We're giving you everything, 
you know, uh, from the heart of exactly what we think. The, the big shift comes that, you know, right now, as we I sit here, we don't have lock for another 10 hours. So I guarantee you there's going to be a plethora of things that happen, people ruled in, ruled out, limits, uh, minutes restriction, et cetera, et cetera, that may shift the lineup. So, you know, we encourage you to follow us on Twitter throughout the day. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And Andrew, who came in with a nice big GPP win last night, he is at Language Olympic. And again, those seven-day-a-week free content uh, podcasts are the way to start it. Do the three-step program. Listen to the podcast. Get your thoughts together. Get a little skeleton lineup put together. Follow the tweets throughout the day. Remember, we're at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter as well, uh, along with our personal ones. We're putting information up all day, player moves, who's in, who's out, uh, all, all of those things. Uh, so you want to follow that. And then you got to hunker down. We always say it. The, at very minimum, the last 30 minutes before lock, uh, get on our Discord with us. You can listen in to uh, – you'll see our lineups on there. We can watch all the news up until lock because, you know, it's so competitive out there in cash and GPP. You cannot afford to make a one-guy mistake of somebody that gets scratched or, you know, is all of a sudden is – is restricted in his play and, and you have him rostered, you're going to be in deep trouble. So uh, follow us on that. You can also listen to our podca- podcast everywhere podcasts are heard. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. All we ask every show is a rate, review, subscribe. That's super important to us. A thumbs up on YouTube is great. Hit that little bell alarm button so it gives you a, a notice every time we post a new podcast. Uh, we're having a giveaway for one month free of our NBA premium package. Uh, if you give us five stars on iTunes and put a little comment on there, we're going to have a drawing uh, coming up in a couple weeks that will give that uh, free member uh, one month membership to uh, a lucky person that takes the time to do that for us on iTunes. So keep, you know, keep hitting those subscribe. So uh, we continue to move up the numbers when we get, a search, you know, for the we had the first time, even after two weeks, uh, we've had so many people dialing up DFS Coach Talk and listening on podcasts. We had somebody that joined yesterday that just put in uh, DFS and did a search for podcasts, and we actually came up on the list. We were still down a little ways, but it caught his attention and it, it got us uh, uh, someone to listen in and enjoyed it and. You know, we're just trying to get the word out there uh, and get people to to join in, listen in. And, you know, even if you don't want to become a member and just listen to our pods every day, you know, more power. I mean, that's great. Uh, we want to help every way we can. And you can still follow us on Twitter and everything else. Uh, we are totally sold out on, on bringing the best content forward that's in the industry and continue to do that. So that's where we stand, man. Let's hit these last five games. So we don't go too crazy long today. At least we have a little extra time for people to listen to the show. So we are on game six, eight o'clock, Orlando at Minnesota. Orlando's a two-point road favorite. You've got uh, 234 is the total, which is the third highest. So a lot of points. Uh, seems like Minnesota games 
have been super high points. Orlando, I guarantee you, has not had a 234 total all season long. I would bet on it. I, I They're always low. So that makes this game very interesting. You know, Vegas is expecting the pace up that Minnesota uh, creates to allow a lot more points, possessions, etc. So uh, the pace, Orlando 27th, Minnesota 5th. Orlando is ninth defensively, Minnesota 20th. So what do you think? I mean, you touched on this game. Uh, they might have actually had a total that high, Coach, just because these Did two they? teams just faced about a week ago. I think so, it was lower. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I mean, suit play if we look it up. Ah, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't oh. think it's the exact same thing, but it's, I'm sure that they've, we've kind of just seen this matchup is what I'm trying you to know, say. You so. know what the guys are saying, uh, your nicknames in, around the coach talk circles now. Oh, uh, what's they, that? They call you backpedaling Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, if they've listened to us long enough, long enough, they've seen how many bets I've taken with guys that are 2000 different salary against you early on in the year. So I'm I sure the guy $1,400 less in one chicken suit. You better start making some hay and challenge me because you're not going to catch me. If you oh, don't get it. you know, I, I mean, I could challenge you, coach. I try to find, you know, clear cut, you know, tough decision ones. Not like when I talk about a guy that's going to be 2% owned on a GPP slate and you're like, all right, let me get the guy that's going to be the chalk uh, well, injury I, play yeah. going against them. Uh, you know, like that's a fair option. No, I, I, right hey. now, Michael, <laughs> I'm playing the world's smallest violin for you. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, so I'll start with the Orlando side of the ball. Uh, you know, I do have a little interest, um, basically in one or two guys on here, just because they're going to be playing at that pace bump and that defensive, uh, you know, matchup against Minnesota. It's been pretty poor for the past few yeah. weeks now. Vucevic is a little underpriced. I'm looking over there on FanDuel, 8,400. I have no issues. I talked about there being three uh, high-priced or mid-priced centers that I have a ton of interest in. I mentioned Gobert. He's the other one. We'll get to the, the other one later on tonight. I won't be paying for Aaron Gordon on DK. I can promise you that. Yes, it's a great matchup. I'm just not paying 8,600 for the guy over there on DK. He's a little bit easier to stomach and swallow over there on FanDuel. I believe he's 7,100, so if you want to look at him there. Uh, and then it's just Terrence Ross. I know Terrence Ross is going to see that elevated minutes, elevated usage with Evan Fournier out. Should continue to chuck. Uh, am I going to chase it, though? I probably won't chase it, but the price tag's fair. 5700 on DK, similar price over there on FanDuel. Small forward eligible definitely helps us get exposure yeah. to that position where we struggle. Um, so those are the only three guys I'm even going to mention. I'm not crazy interested in, in Ross or Gordon, but they're in play. Vucevic is the main guy I'm interested in. And then over there on Minnesota, I got to start with uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez because I had a ton of interest in him in this matchup early on. It just felt like one of those those gut matchups where it just, you know, on the court, he's going to do well. He's got to size up with Gordon, all these other things kind of boding well for him. And he came out there and smashed in that game. He, he put up 18, 13, and 5. I don't expect Oof. a performance like that again. But at 5,500, uh, a little bit cheaper there over there on FanDuel. I think he's under 5K, 4,900. Uh, small yeah. forward eligible. That's the only reason I'm mentioning him is because he is small forward eligible. I think that's a spot on FanDuel where I'm going to be using some of my savings, which sounds crazy uh, because we have LeBron and Giannis on the same slate. But yeah. uh, I, I think I think that's going to be a spot where I'm trying to save some money. So I, I do have some interest in him. I won't be playing D'Angelo Russell. I don't think I don't like that price tag. I think too high. The, yeah, I mean when we're talking a guy that's 8,800 and Trey Young's only 1,100 more going against Washington, it's kind of hard to pay for him in that kind of aspect. So I think the only real interest I'm going to have for anybody over there on the Minnesota side of the ball is Gomez. Uh, and it's just because we're probably going to get him at a little bit of a lower ownership at a position that I think is a little scarce. 
I'm with you. You know, I've been playing these Minnesota guys because their games have been so high, uh, high totals. Uh, Russell's been okay. You know, Malik Beasley's been fantastic. I've been dialing him up, but his price is starting to rise. Uh, you know, the James Johnson, Nas Reed thing, we're getting, and, and like you said, Hernan Gomez, you're getting decent games from all those guys. So it makes it difficult. So I'm not as high on the on the Minnesota side because it is a real pace down game for them. But I like the Orlando side of this game. Massive pace up. Uh, like I said, uh, what I think might be their highest total of the year. And Fournier is not going to play it, doesn't look like. So the usage numbers start going, you know, bananas. And I'm, for me, I'm going to consider <clears throat> I'm going to cons- consider four guys, probably only roster two of them. But I think to me, I like uh, in probably in this order, um, I like uh, Vuk. I like uh Markel Fultz, I like Ross, and I think Gordon, on at least on Fandle with the price difference. I think all four of those guys are in play because that's going to be 90% of your usage split between those four guys. Um, and I can see myself I, – I don't think it's really chasing a Ross really good game because uh, Fournier's out. And, you know, th- th- most of the shots that go up, Usually Fournier leads them or close to leads them in shots attempted. And we know Ross, when he gets the big minutes, if they're shorthanded, uh, he's not shy. That ball's going up. And so you got to consider a few guys, I believe, from the Orlando side that could be difference makers in the card. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think I'll get any full chair. So I, that's one player I feel confident saying I will not have a single full chair just because uh, I just don't like the position scarcity or the position, not scarcity, the opposite of scarcity. Or uh, we have too much. We have too many point guards to choose from bottom line. I'm not going to get to him. Uh, and I just don't like his upside. I don't think he does it for me in GPPs. We very, very, very rarely see those like 36 to 40 point games out of him. I get that there'll be a little added usage with Fournier out. But uh, it's just not that kind of situation where I'm overly enticed on. I think just basically the matchup gives him a little bit of an increased ceiling. But on a day-to-day basis, I just don't see that ceiling that has me overly enticed to pay, you know, mid fives for him as opposed to just maybe going down to one of those guys I talked about in Indiana or going up to another spot at point guard, whether it's a guy like Marcus Smart or Kobe White, who's a little bit more expensive. But I know I'm getting increased ceiling and floor out of those guys as opposed to a guy like Fultz. Did you happen to listen to Andrew and I's pod yesterday? Actually, no, Coach. I was out working and then all all day long, and then I got the uh, the phone call from the school regarding my younger sister. She's got oh. like a throat, a sore throat where her tonsils oh, no. look like absolute trash. So I, at some point, I may have to take her to either the doctors today or tomorrow regarding that. So no, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off yesterday. I had to, I had to go grocery shop. I had, it was one no of those words. days where it's like, here's that list of 15 things you have to get done and go yep. do them in and you don't not them enough done. hours. <laughs> no worries. The only reason I say that is we went over the uh, defensive real plus minus, the DRPM for each position. And do you know who was like 100 out of like 102? I don't remember the exact number. Uh, defense as far as real plus minus at point guard. It was one D'Angelo Russell, who's terrible at defensively at point guard. So that's, you know, to me, really brings that backcourt into play uh, a little bit more for Orlando as well. But, yeah, yeah I see we that. Will I, see. I definitely see that. Um, he's never been very, very uh, 
good defensively throughout his career. He's more of that offensive gauge, like James Harden type esque player, where it's like, let me dump off the tank on offense and kind of just yeah. let the guy blow by me on defense. Um, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, there is another eight o'clock game, and this game is going to be oh, this. I want to watch this game. This might be my. Second favorite game. Everybody wants, and all of us want to watch Milwaukee Lakers. But I just love the intrigue in this game, and, it, and I'm stunned at the line. So we got the Miami Heat, who I think are Eastern Conference final team, playing at the upstart Pelicans, who still have a pretty bad record. Do you know that the Pelicans are favored by one and a half? Uh, yeah, I think I actually at my line, I saw two this morning, so it must have went down a half a point. Yeah, well, that, that was weird think, for me. I don't see them beating Miami yet. I just, but maybe I'm dead wrong, you know? Um, yeah, and it's, the, the number's 235. So you're looking at the second highest total on the board, even though that Atlanta, Washington's 11 points higher, higher at 246. But it is the second highest total. Pelicans, we know, are just flying up and down the floor. Um, this game has so much intrigue, it's ridiculous. So, you know, pace-wise, Miami's 26, and the Pelicans are second. So it definitely is a big plus, especially for Miami, with a monster pace up here. Defensively, uh, Miami's 11th. Uh, the Pelicans are only 21st. I think there's a lot of guys in play in this game. I, I mean, it's... This is such a painful slate. I don't know how I'm gonna windle down my my final I know. Uh, player pool because I, I want to. I may I may have to break out a and play a couple of lineups and build a few different ones. I, it's just too many good players in too many good spots tonight. Yeah, and I, that's something I always give you a hard time about as we go through these slates. I always say, hey, coach, how are you playing these guys? You already We already talked about them. And, you know, I think I you know. said earlier in the slate you're playing at least five guys in that Washington game against the Hawks. And then you talked about two guys in that last game. I'm just, I know. That only leaves one or two spots left. So I some know. decisions are going to have to get made. Uh, this gonna is be, a game gonna that we're going to want to target a little tough. bit. Brutally tough. Brutally yeah. tough. Yep. I, I, didn't say, I didn't say at least five. I said at maximum five uh, yeah, yeah, for, well, that's, for the yeah. record. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So, so um, I mean, this is a game where we're going to want some some modest exposure to. I think it's a very good total. It's very, you know, very good pace as far as uh, the Heat. There's only one guy on the Heat I actually, or two guys on the Heat I have any interest in. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I think, is a fair price tag, 7,900 on DK. Uh, I didn't quite see his FanDuel price, but I'm assuming. Let me give that a quick check before I talk. 7,900. Yep, same exact price. That's what I thought it was. Uh, that's a fair price tag for him. I mean, when you look at Butler's recent performance, he's been taking on a little bit more of a facilitator role. Uh, he's averaging about uh, almost eight assists over the past three games. In those games, he's getting the rebounds too, six, six, and seven rebounds. And the only yeah. thing he's not doing is being aggressive on offense and scoring, which it's Jimmy Butler in this type of matchup with this kind of pace and increased usage, everything else that's going with it. I expect that to kind of, you know, return to the norm. He's only taken nine shot attempts in that last game, 14, the three games prior to that. But, you know, when you look at the games where Jimmy Butler is getting eight, eight assists and seven rebounds, whatever it is, getting all those counting stats and ancillary, if he puts together a 20 plus point scoring game, we're all of a sudden, you know, edging on 40 to 50 DK and FanDuel points. So Absolutely. I do have some interest in Butler because he's been able to get that 36, 38, 36 and a half, 37 and a half over the past four games games without scoring so that's going to revert back to norm eventually maybe the the facilitator role slows down a little bit but when they need a bucket they're going to go to jimmy bottom line 
So uh, I, I have interest in Jimmy Butler. And then my second option, I think it's going to be your boy, Duncan Robinson. I kind of like this matchup for him more Boys, than fair. Boy, he's shooting the ball. My God. And this is the type of matchup where you need a shooting. You're gonna, they're going to try to, you know, really grind down, play this New Orleans style ball. When you're telling me that the guy could potentially get an extra three shot attempts in this game and he's already most of his shot attempts are already coming from deep. I mean, last game he shot nine to 12 from three coach. Guess what he, he shot only took thir- 13 shots. No, he took 12. He took yeah. every oh, single shot he took against Orlando was a three point. Oh, the, the game before that, every single shot but one. So that yep. means two consecutive games, uh, you know, like 25 shots and 24 of them were, were threes. That's hilarious. And that's just his game. So this is one of those games where I expect him to kind of take advantage of that. I mean, he's probably going to be drawing some some combination of Drew Holiday and, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram over there on the wing. And, yes, those aren't the generally the defenders I want to target. But when you're talking about a guy that's a spot-up three-point shooter, he's going to get his shots anyway. That That's just – it is what it is. They're going to need him to spot up. The reason why he gets so many spot-up threes is because, the you know, a guy like Jimmy Butler or Kendrick Nunn collapses the defense, kicks it out last minute. Uh, and then it's it's Duncan Robinson time. So I do have some interest in Duncan. I kind of see this being one of those maybe 30 DK point games, and we're getting some decent value at 4,700. I think he's 4,300 over there on FanDuel. So you those know, know what's amazing, Michael? Every once in a while I have a flashback, and I remember a conversation. I remember when when I was uh, at the, the summer league and we were doing our podcasts, and I was touting Duncan Robinson as I, I remember me telling you, I said, there's no way they can't, this guy isn't going to make the roster. And not only that, I think he's going to get minutes. And this is back when Duncan Robinson was just either G League or not going to make the team. You know, he, he started out in Division Three. I yeah. mean, we're talking about a guy from nowhere. And I just, he was so impressive. And I remember talking to you about him. You, you know, we were saying, that would be something if he could, you know, get in there. And I said, I'm telling you, this this Miami Heat team, Tyler Hero has been the best shooter at Summer League, and this Duncan Robinson's right there with him. And look at this. They both ended up being huge parts of a really good Miami team. But uh, my one question to you, and, and this is my concern, I love Duncan Robinson on smaller slates, but my concern is just those ancillary numbers, man. I mean – he doesn't, for me, get enough rebounds, assists, steals, all that kind of stuff just yet. I mean, he's literally so points dependent on that three. And if he's not hitting the three, you can take a real you know, kick to the gut. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I don't think I trust him in cash. I think he's more of a tournament uh, GPP type player, A, because he's out of position. Uh, I believe he's shooting guard eligible on um, on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. So he's yes. at a position where we have plenty of depth. So I don't expect a lot of too, uh, too many people to click on his name. And then he's very volatile. You're either pretty much getting, you know, 33 or 35 out of him or you're getting 18. So he's definitely a GPP type option for me. And he kind of fits that mold perfectly. But if you're looking to get exposure to this game, you don't want to spend up on Jimmy Butler. Maybe you're doing something else with that kind of aspect. He's the next guy I think I'd look at. So um, am I going to get overly exposed to him? Probably not. I don't even know if I'd end up with, you know, any more than like one or two shares in him. But he's the next guy uh, next to Jimmy Butler I'd have any interest to. And, you know, we've been spending a lot of time over here on the Heat, so I'm going to slide over to New Orleans real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. And I got two options I'm really looking at in New Orleans as well. It's going to be Lonzo Ball just because how phenomenal this dude's been playing. Uh, It's hard to ignore at least 50 DK points over the past three games and one prior to that at 40. So you've been getting more than 5X, more like that 6 to 7X, it seems like, out of him uh, over the past few weeks. I think Butler's going to guard him. That's my prediction. 
I do. I don't think I, so. I think he will. I don't. Th- I can't see that. I can't see them wasting Kendrick Jimmy Nunn? Butler. Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I think none. I think none will probably draw the defensive matchup. They're going to be. It's going to be Butler think, and Ingram. I think none goes on holiday, and I think Butler's going to say, "Come on, Lonzo, what you got?" That's so my then, call. So then, what, by your account, then you're saying that they're going to put Duncan Robinson on Brandon Ingram. Then, if that's the case, I got to have some Brandon Ingram shares because he's going to eat. Uh, there's not a chance Duncan Robinson. They're going to try to hide Duncan Robinson. I think on somebody they have to at the end of the day, and I don't so think he, they're going to pick Ingram. Well, where are they going to hide him though? That's the problem. Well, so when you look at their two go-to scoring options on the on this season so far. It's pretty much Zion and Ingram since Zion's returned. Those are their go-to scorers. So, I mean, maybe try to hide him on Alonzo, hide him on a guy like Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday can get a shot as well, but I, I just – I've, I'm, so I'm, think, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. you think Butler plays Ingram then is what you're saying? Yes. That's what I don't exactly think, what I I don't think so, man. I really don't think so. Uh, I, well, I, I think mean, Butler either plays uh, – if he doesn't play on Alonzo, I think he plays Drew. I, I don't see him going into playing a big spot. I, you know, it's you watch Spolstra too. Spolstra will tweak his lineup too, and he also it's possible. Now I don't know how much they'll do it, but they're not going to let Lonzo stand there and like he's been doing the last three games and throw lobs to everybody and everything else. Even if they run a double, they may play some zone. Spolstra has a lot of different things up his sleeve, and I I don't believe that they're going to allow Lonzo to run ramp shot over him. That's my prediction. No, I I, I can see that. I, I'm taking the approach of hey, you know, you got to pick somebody to beat you. Uh, somebody, you got to pick somebody to shoot over you. And I'd much prefer if I'm Spolstra, I'll say, Hey, I'll let Lonzo ball shoot the threes rather than Brandon Ingram. Um, that's just kind of the way I'm, I'm anticipating it. If you're going to allow somebody to beat you, if you're going to take your lockdown defender like Jimmy Butler and put him on somebody, I'm trying to cut the head off the snake in this one. I know Brandon Ingram's their go-to scorer. He's been that way all season. I, I mean, he's basically Derek fighting. Jones Jr. plays Ingram. That's I think you're, prediction. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that we see time of both Derek Jones Jr. and Butler on Brandon Ingram. I don't think it's going to be an exclusively, you know, let's just put the clamps on Brandon Ingram kind of thing. I think once that fourth quarter comes, though, uh, it's going to be Butler. That's going to be spending the majority of the fourth quarter, majority of the game probably uh, trying, to, trying to slow down. Yeah, we absolutely. This is where the utilization of screenshots comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if, if, hey, if I'm wrong uh, and Duncan Robinson is the guy that they're putting on Brandon Ingram, I got no, I, I no, they're not going to put Duncan Robinson on him. There's, there's no way Derek, Derek Jones. I don't yeah. know where they're going to hide Duncan Robinson. They may put him on, uh, you know, he may have to just play the, the four defensively. I don't know. We just, it's going to be interesting to see, but yeah. Okay. So those are the only two guys, basically. More of the story, if I'm looking at New Orleans, it's going to be Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball for me. That's it. I don't mind Zion. I just don't love this matchup. He's kind of uh, very limited as far as his ceiling. I mean, he gets there. He gets to the 30 to 40, but you, we've only seen that him touch that like 50-point mark twice so far this season. Uh, and in both those matchups, they're pretty good ones. We're talking about Minnesota, that you know, that insane total of 134 to 139 type game and atmosphere. And the yeah. other one was against Portland, who has one of the weaker front courts. She's probably most likely getting that Carmelo Anthony defense over there. So those are the two matchups when she was able to kind of hit that ceiling. Um, and we look at kind of, I'm not going to lie, you look at what the Pelicans have been able to roll Zion out against. It's yeah. been nothing but cakewalk so far. Dallas's defense, Minnesota's defense, L.A., that's a tough one. Then we're talking Cleveland, L.A., Golden State, Portland, OKC, which is a solid one. Portland again, so two games against Carmelo Anthony in Chicago. So we're talking probably about three three tough matchups he's had to face. The rest of them have been pretty much cakewalks. I agree. 
I'm with you. The, the only thing I'm shocked about here, my million-dollar question, is my favorite guy from this game, from either team, unless I didn't hear you, I don't even think you mentioned him. I said Butler, I said Duncan, and I said Ingram, and I said Lonzo. So now who's your favorite guy? Bam now, Adebayo. See, now Bam's not making the cut for me. Why? I don't mind him. Don't get me give wrong. Me, I, I give talked me the about reason the other centers. there, sir, because we're on opposite ends today, which is I good like, for I our like listeners to hear. Um, uh, going against that Minnesota defense at only 200. I, I don't know. what What's his price over there on FanDuel? I didn't check his price on FanDuel. Do you know what position he's eligible for on FanDuel? Oh, that's a good point. Yes, yeah, so on FanDuel, he is power forward eligible. Great point to bring that up, Coach. Cha-ching, because I cha-ching. Not, he's very, very viable as far as, as, far as a power forward. On, on DK, I won't get to him. I can promise you that. Uh, yeah. Just because he's only center eligible, and there's probably, I think, two or three guys I have a little higher rated than him. Uh, but on FanDuel, great point. I'm glad you brought that up. He's definitely going to be in my player pool on FanDuel, um, especially because right now there's only one spot I'm really sold on as far as uh, you know power forward. And I was talking about Trey Lyles a little earlier just because I know I need some value. I'm not going to be spending up at both positions at power forward. Uh, yeah. But we're also going to have to monitor the news because I think if Luca gets ruled out, it's going to be, I'm going to be hard pressed to play Bam over Kristaps, even though Kristaps is going to be more expensive. I'm, I'm going to want some shares in him, just how wild he's been playing alongside yeah. of Doncic, let alone when he's out. Um, it's going to depend on whether or not I have Trey Young, because if I'm not playing Trey Young, I'm going to want one of those two I talked about. Collins is going to be another high-priced power forward. So I definitely think he's uh, in play. If the news falls right, I'll be bumping him up a couple more tiers. But he's also cheaper than both those guys. So it's going to come down to construction. It's going to come down to injury news on whether or not I get a bunch of exposure. But he's definitely a more than viable play being power forward eligible. So that's a great point. Thank you. Uh, it's easy for me. I mean, I chipped in talking about a lot about this game with defensive matchups and everything. And what what I surmised was Bam Adebayo is a pillar play for me tonight, and he's going to be the only representative from either side in a game that I think will be pretty high owned. So it's going to be a little bit of a differentiator. I think the Pelicans get the squeeze put on them a little bit here, uh, and I think uh, you know, although it'll be a, a fairly close game. I, I think Miami's defense is, is just a little too solid. So, uh, yeah, that's about where, again, you can't roster everybody. And, by the way, my my five-man Atlanta-Washington stack is down to about three right now. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to – and that's the, that's why I love this. This is painful. Because there's so many chalky plays that they become less chalky because you got to pick between them. you got to pick and you choose. Gotta, yeah, brutal. exactly. So this is like a multi-lineup kind of construction night. These are the types of nights I love rostering GPPs. Also the type of nights that I, I struggle with kind of, you know, we do we do put in our GPP lineups and it's going to be, you know, that's what I, I spend most of my day building my single entry lineups. Those are generally the ones that I uh, I kind of post into our, our Discord chat. Um, but, you know, listen, this is a GPP night, man. I don't know. I don't know how to say it otherwise. There's so many different combinations of these guys I want to roll out. Well, yeah, I mean, I usually just roll one cash lineup and then I'll play, you know, whoever you or Andrew are putting out there in our GPPs. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to roll two cash lineups out tonight. It's just too good of a card. I love when it's a lot of games like this, but I can't remember when there's this many guys that are just in such great spots. It's 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 craziness. And I'll tell you what, one thing that will avoid no, there's not going to be any big chalk, chalk people much at all, just because everybody's playing all kinds of different people. You know, it's going to be nuts. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get this going. We got three games left. Let's get it done so we can get it out there. 
We have the Memphis Grizzlies at the uh, Dallas uh, Mavericks. 8.30 game, Memphis on the first night of a back-to-back. Dallas is on an island. We've got no spread in this game except an early one of Dallas, minus 8, but no total just yet. And we have a 7-pace Memphis, 18-Dallas. Both defenses middle of the road, 16 and 17, respective. Hard to say anything about this game until we know if Luke is playing or not. Let's face it. Yeah, bottom line, Luca's out. Uh, you know, and it's not only Luca that we're that we're talking about. There's a couple other injuries over there on Dallas as far as their guards. You know, we talked about JJ Barea, Hardaway. There's a few guys that we need to keep an eye on. Um, obviously Luca's the big news. If Luca's out, I'm definitely going to want some shares of Kristaps Porzingis. I think if, you know, Luca plus one guard is out, we could start taking a solid look at guys like Steph, uh, Seth Curry and Delon Wright, but I, you know, they're going to have to match up against some of these other guards and some of these other value plays that we've already talked about. So, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, I think I'd probably just look to maybe play Porzingis and not get the guard exposure, maybe take some of my guard exposure for value in Indiana that I talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, but those guys will also definitely be a little lower owned. So I think, you know, that's the main way I'm going to approach this slate when I'm talking about Dallas. I'm going to obviously need that Luka news. But uh, Chris yeah. Tapps Porzingis immediately, if Luka's out, becomes one of the best plays, I think, on the board, even at his price tag of 9400 over there on FanDuel. It's just super hard to avoid a guy that's got basically a 50-point floor when Luka's out. And we've seen them actually, you know, touch that 70-point mark uh, almost twice over yeah. the past three games. So right. the upside's there. The floor is there. Everything bodes well. He becomes one of the best plays on the slate. Uh, and then, like I said, I think Seth Curry at 5,100 play is yeah, solid, solid. He's, he's been, point guard. He's been so. on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And the usage is going to be there. We know Memphis's defense isn't anything to be scared off of, especially with John Morant. Um, I will have interest. Those would probably be my two favorite plays, but don't knock Hardaway. Hardaway over Curry at $400 more if he's playing and Luca's out, though. So I would rank them in order. Porzingis, Hardaway, Curry, uh, Delon Wright. And that should, should come at no surprise because that's basically how they're priced as well. Um over there on the Memphis side of the ball, though, this is where I, uh, I have some love. I talked about my other center coach. I love me some Jonas Valanciunas on this slate. Yeah, Give he, me boy, he stung Jones. me right in the Petunias last game, and that was because uh, it wasn't his fault. They blew the team out, and oh, yeah. they're so protective of his minutes in a game that gets out of hand. You know, they really baby him on minutes. But I, I agree with you. You know, Dallas is – got a donut in the middle right now and, and he could do well if this game stays close but if it doesn't gosh that scares me well even if it doesn't stay close you're looking at those two games where he's you're talking about the past two games let's look at those matchups first this yeah, is the way this i approached last it game was i yeah. is where i had him. he yeah. played brooklyn he played atlanta um right. and <laughs> how do you not play him against brooklyn you know i, they, I thought it was yeah. autumn i played him yeah. They won by almost 40 points in both those games, 39 was... points in each game they won by. Same exact points total. So when you're up 39 points, everybody's minutes basically get limited if you're a starter. Yeah. So I'm not really so... concerned about that approach. If we take a look at the other other two games prior, and the two games prior to that are the games where Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. started to sit out. Uh, you know, L.A., that game was a little bit closer, 105 to 88. They won. He needed to play 31 minutes for him to win that game. Uh, put up 51 DK points at 31. We look at the Sacramento game. They lost by three, so another close competitive game. He played 30 two minutes in that one and put up 50 DK points yeah. in both those games. He put up more than 20 rebounds. Now you're telling me he's getting a Dallas team that can't rebound. I think Dallas will probably keep this game a little bit more competitive. Hopefully Luca plays. That would be even better for me because I think they'll be super competitive at that point. But I think Porzingis is enough to kind of keep this game intact regardless. 
Uh, we're talking about 30-minute Joe Val going against a poor, minute, poor defense. We're talking about three or four other centers we've already talked about that are going to draw some ownership. So I'm not going to get Joe Val at like a chalky kind of aspect. And I think yeah. a lot of people kind of look at those minute total and they say the same thing you do. They get a little scared off. But unless you think this game is going to be a 39-point blowout, I don't think. I think it's kind well, of hard to sit there. You know what's hilarious? I, I was I don't know if it was you or Andrew. We did the show. We said, well, they're not going to win us another game by 39, and yeah. they did. <laughs> Well, they also play, uh, you know, I can't even say this doesn't even make sense because they did both those games on the road. They play much better at home. So that's always worth noting. Sometimes when Memphis is at home, they definitely kick it up a notch. But both those games are on the road, too. They walked into Brooklyn and smashed. They walked into Atlanta and smashed. So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll have to see. I, I actually in that Atlanta game. Was that one of the games that Trey Young, I think, was uh, did he play in that one? Yes. OK, so. Yeah, I'm 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 taking the approach. I don't think there's going to be a 39 point game again. Hey, if I get, if I'm wrong and I get killed, great. Because if if they oh, win by 39, I, I, a lot I, of it's going to have a lot to do with Joe Val. I don't think he burns you either way. Well, I think Dallas is an eight point favorite, man. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's and that's with all this injury news. So I also look at it though, and I'm looking at the floor of Joe Val even in 26 minutes in this matchup. I think he's got a 30 to 34 point floor in this matchup. So it's not going to burn me if it does get out of hand, and if it stays close, sky's the limit for this guy. We could be looking at you know 50 to 60 in this one from him. That's brilliant, man. I, I'm right with you. I think Joe Val's probably a top center play on the on the slate. I, I, I think this game stays close. I think he is I smell a twenty rebound game coming from him again. I think he's a terrific play. I think because of what I had mentioned will give some hesitation to people, like you said, and not be chalky. And I just think he's a perfect uh, fits a perfect spot for me. I and I don't like anybody else on the Memphis side but him. And then again, I can't give my opinion on Dallas, you know, until I know the Luca news, because that completely changes everything. If he sits, then you almost have to take the free square and Porzingis and not even think twice about it. And uh, you know, uh, the other thing with Hardaway, I mean, you know, if Curry is certainly cheap enough and just been shooting the lights out, so you know, it we got to wait for the news on the Dallas side. Yeah, and that's something that I assume we'll have. I mean, the da- Dallas has been pretty good with ruling out Luca. If he's going to be out, they rule him out generally like an hour or two before. So we, I, I assume that we'll probably have that news pretty close to lock, but I don't think it's one that we'll be necessarily waiting on. I mean, hey, I could be wrong on that, not. but Dallas yeah. has been pretty good with the Luca news. Um, yeah. If he's unless he's a true, true, true game time decision, they've been pretty good with Luca news. So I expect us to have that kind of thing, and we'll be able to adjust uh, accordingly. And you know what? At this point, the way that he's been playing a little bit banged up, you know, with his thumb and everything yeah. like that, it, you know, he it wouldn't shock me. But this is an illness we're talking about. So he's been playing through the thumb. So don't think that just because he's been playing through that injury that he's guaranteed to suit up because it's it's an illness we're talking about in this one. Um, and hey, we're we're in the we're in a we're in the point of time right now in our society where if anyone's walking around with a cough or a sniffle, it's better be safe than sorry. Yeah, it's scary. You know, the only other thing about Joe Val that's a smidgen of a concern is it is the first night of a back to back. So, you know, I could see Jenkins wanting to play him 25 minutes both nights that scares me just a, a little bit as See, well I, that's that that's where i'm looking at this i don't i don't even worry about the bat. i don't think they limit joval because 
they he, want he to. He always to gets limited, though. It well, seems. no, we're talking two different scenarios, though, Coach. We're talking of him being limited early on in the year when they had options. When you have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark True. as your center they're options, they're thin as hell. Yeah, you can do that. You, if you look at the games where they're competitive, they need him to play. They bottom yeah. line, they don't. It's him or Gorgie Dang. Uh, and there's going to be scenarios tonight that we might even see both of them on the court at the same time yeah. if Maxi Kleber and Porzingis are out there. So I yeah. think I don't know. That's the approach I'm taking. Whether whether it pays off for me or not, I think I I think I looked at this one long and hard. I thought about it. I even compared them to some because I have other center options I can easily go to. I can look at Vucevic and Gobert and feel confident in those guys as well. But I want the guy that's going to be a few hundred dollars cheaper. He's definitely going to have lower ownership. He's definitely more volatile, which will scare people off. And that's the kind of the situation where in a GPP at least, you know. Maybe in cash game, you can be a little bit more skeptical. You can play a guy like Vucevic or Gobert or Bam in a cash game and feel great about it and be perfectly fine with it and not have to worry about that risk. I understand that, and I see that angle, and I would recommend that angle. But in my GPPs, you know, give me the little rid of the riskier option because if I'm playing GPPs, you got to risk it for the biscuit. What are you doing if you're not taking some shots in somewhere in your GPPs? So that's my hey. approach, man. I'm ride or dying by it tonight. If if I'm either going to be right into the bank with Joe Val or I'm going to be mother effing him in our Discord. It's going to be one hey, or the other. Risk, and I'm risk it or biscuit. I like that. That that puts a star on this game for me for sure. That's, that's a sharp take. All right, brother. Two games left. Let's get this in the tank here. Portland at Phoenix. Portland's a two and a half point road favorite. Uh, it is a first night of a back-to-back for Portland, Phoenix on an island. Pace, Portland 11, Phoenix 9. That makes it a, a fun game. The 231.5 total, solid. Defensively, not good. 26 for Portland, very bad. 18th for Phoenix, not good. Another great game. What the hell? I mean, this is a game you could stack this game, for God's sakes. I don't even know what to do anymore. I... I'm down to like two guys in this Washington Atlanta game, and I'm just about ready to throw up. Yeah, and uh, this Portland game, this, this it has all the makings to be like if we didn't have all these other games on the slate, we'd be circling. Yeah. And this we haven't one. even gotten to the best game yet. Well, yeah, that may be the best game uh, to watch. I think that it's pretty cut and dry as far as fantasy value in that next game for me. I don't need to think about too many ancillary pieces. I already know the you know the four guys I have interest in. And a little little bit of a foreshadow there for you guys. But uh, before we get there in the Portland game, I have interest in one guy on Portland, possibly two, and I'm not going to go overboard on him. It's Damian and Lillard for me. More of a fan duel play. 9K. I think that's just egregiously underpriced. Uh, he's 97 over there on uh, on on DK, so a little bit more of a you know decision to make on DK. But on, on FanDuel, he's a great price tag. Yes, the back-to-back kind of puts a little worry into me just because he is coming off of a you know a groin, a muscle injury. Generally, if it's a broken finger, or one of those types of injuries, I'm not worried about it on back-to-backs. You know, that's it is what it is. At that, a broken finger is not going to heal or get any better overnight. But when we talk about a muscle injury, a groin, a hamstring, one of those types, you do have to be a little bit cautious. A guy returning from uh, from injury and playing a back-to-back. So that's one thing to keep an eye on and kind of note. Maybe if you're looking for that reason to kind of shell away from him, that's it. And I gave it to you. That's a little devil's advocate, but he's in a great spot and a great price tag over there. Uh, and then I'll be looking at a little bit of Trevor Ariza just because, again, you always hear me go back to it. Small forwards are a tough position to fill, especially yeah. on FanDuel where you need two of them. So you're always kind of looking at a cheap one or a mid-tier one, uh, and that's where he'd kind of fall into play. He's a very boomer bust type guy. You're either pretty much getting, you know, 28 to 30 out of them or you're getting like 16. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Those are the only two guys I'm really looking over there on Portland. Uh, and then on Phoenix, you know, top of the hour, DeAndre A and out. Got to talk about, uh, you know, Aaron Baines. Yes, he was a DNPCD. I think that they need him to play in this matchup going against Hassan Whiteside. They're going to want his size in that front court. 
Probably won't get to him on FanDuel. I get it. He's a good value, but I already talked about my love for Joe Val and some of these other guys. When I can only pick one, I'm going to go with the guy I really like. But on DK's minimum salary, 3K, we can play multiple centers. I can play Aaron Baines and Joe Val if I want. I can get, you know, two great value plays in, in some of those guys, uh, you know, with with Baines and look at the Indiana guys and then be able to pay up for multiple studs if I want. So he is in play for me on DK. I expect him to be fairly, fairly chalky. Um, so take take it for what it's worth. But even at 3K, if he plays 20 minutes, he can still get you there uh, in only 20 minutes. Not expecting like a 30-plus minute game out of Baines from here. If you think that's going to happen, you're probably on an island. Uh, I, I, I would expect maybe like that 22 to 24-minute roll at most from him. But at 3K, right. I think we can feel okay with him getting us to 5X at that price tag. Um, other than that, I mean, Booker, Rubio, both guys in absolutely fantastic spots. I'm way more interested in the Suns than I am Portland in this game. I think both those guys are very, very warranted for play. Uh, they both played well in this matchup earlier in the season. If I had to push come to shove, I think I prefer Rubio just because when I know Rubio is playing 30-plus minutes, he's been in great form since uh, even beginning of the season joining this Phoenix team. The minutes have been there. The matchup's been there. He's performed well in it twice already this season. He's averaging almost 50 DK points against Portland this season. So uh, it's something I'm going to be looking at and keeping an eye on. Does he, does he make my final lineup? It's tough. I mean, we got so many guards to talk about. Uh, you know. I yeah. do like him, though. I think if you're looking at maybe one of those late slate games, he'd definitely be my top option for point guard in the late slate games. Interesting. Well, for me, I, I think there's four guys in play for Portland that you can easily uh, roster. I mean, Dame's got to be at the top of the list. His, he's a little underpriced coming back from the injury, but uh, just you know had such a great season. You know, C.J. McCollum, when, when Dame was out, he was like nah, I'm not doing eight, that. nine X all the time. I know, I know, but I can't. It's, he's he's a, he's too priced up. That's yep. what caused him to not be valid. Exactly. But I'm, the only reason I bring him up is uh, now that Dame's back, his price will sink back down. And when it goes back down, you gotta you gotta look to roster him up because he's playing fantastic basketball. He's Absolutely. just a, it's just his salary that kills it. But um, you know, Whiteside has to be considered. I mean, I I don't I never like uh, rostering him. But he does put together a lot of great games. And Phoenix is, to me, going to play, I think, a three, three-man three rotation at center with Baines, Saric, who played a lot of five in the last game, and even Diallo probably gets some in the rotation with eight and out. So I don't want any parts of any of those guys. And I agree with you. Ariza is just playing 37, 38 minutes every single night, rebounding, getting some blocks, some steals hitting some threes. I mean, he's always in play uh, against a team like this. And then from Phoenix, I only like one guy. I think he's a phenomenal play, though, is Booker. I mean, Portland's defense in the backcourt is horrible. Um, you know, uh, Dame is is really bad, and CJ's not good. And then Simons is second-worst shooting guard defender in the entire league which was shocking when we looked that up yesterday so even their bench is not defending well mm -hmm. uh so you know if i can afford afford booker somehow uh, that would be my biggest target in this game you know normally on a regular slate if it's a seven game or something where you have you know uh, limited choices i would just start my lineup with dame and booker and go from there but we're not in that situation here with all the, the rosterable guys. So those are the guys I like the most. I think they're all very much in the player pool. And uh, 
with building two cash lineups tonight, I'm certainly going to sprinkle in a couple of those guys. All right, last game, dude. Let's get this done. 1030 Island game, too. Starts an hour and a half after every other game. Everybody in the world is going to be watching this Milwaukee Lakers game. It's a pick 'em. It's in L.A. Everybody's going to be fired up. It's a 227 total, which is reasonable. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's the fastest team in the league. Lakers are 13th fastest. But here's the big wild card, like you mentioned a little bit. Milwaukee's first, and the Lakers are third. So you got two of the three best defensive teams in the whole league. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere. So they'll be buckling it up, you know, like they did at the end of the All-Star game there, which is a statement I never thought I'd say in the history of my life. But uh, I can see him really uh, playing tough here. So I don't know, man. I'm I think this game's going to be over owned. I don't I'm certainly not going to have any spots left or any money left. So I know it might be DFS suicide to have to sit there and watch this game. Uh, but I'm not, I, don't, I, just, I can't afford Giannis, Davis, or James, I don't believe. And I don't think I'm going to go there. I, I, you know, am I nuts? No, I don't think you're nuts. I think it's it's just push come to shove. You know, we got to select, you know, the guys that I think when you're looking at these slates and you're looking at this many high-priced guys in great spots, like, you know, we talked about the defense, but I don't really care about the defense when I look at this game. I'm looking at just the possibility of it staying close. I like that defense more. I think it bodes well, you know, better for these Milwaukee guys just because I talked about it. If you get an extra five minutes out of Giannis, I mean, Giannis is a guy, if you look at his per 36 or his, you know, uh, you know per 100 possessions kind of stats – they're out of this world. The only thing that ever it's, limits him is that they blow teams yeah. out. He only needs to play 28 minutes. Well, he, so. You know, it's he's on a record pace. He's, yeah. You know, he's, he's getting close to two fantasy points a minute, which is almost impossible. And, and when you talk about that kind of thing and you're talking about an extra five minutes, you're talking about an extra 10 fantasy points. That's no, that's nothing small. That's a lot. No, so when especially you're taking if a guy it takes you from 75 to 85. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, on, on a point per minute basis, he's literally the best in the NBA. So, uh, give me the extra five minutes, to be honest. If I can afford him, I don't mind him. Again, multiple Most expensive GPPs. guy on the whole slate, though. Yep. He's not going to make my my single entry. Probably wouldn't make a cash build. But in GPPs, if I want to get some exposure, uh, I definitely don't mind him. I don't mind him. I don't mind Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton will be probably one of my favorite shooting guard options on the slate just for that same reason. We're talking wow. about a guy that could end up playing an extra few minutes. Um, will he end up making my final cut? I don't know. I think I got Middleton ranked as like a top four shooting guard on this slate. The other ones being Bradley Beal we talked about. We talked about uh, Marcus Smart. There's, again, we, Middleton. We talked about Booker. So there's definitely some shooting guard options. Those are probably my top four guys if I had to if I kind of had to pick. I'm not really you know looking to save too much at shooting guard, as you could tell. I think that's one of my nice spots I'm going to spend up on. Yeah. Uh, but when push comes to shove, I got to pick a couple of these guys. So it's going to come down to construction. Do I end up getting there? I don't know just yet. But I, I'm just enticed by Giannis and Middleton, knowing that these guys could play a few extra minutes. And then there's one other guy on the Bucks I have a lot of interest in. I don't think I'll get to him unless it's DK because he's a center and it's Brook Lopez. Uh, it's against his former team. He's you know more than a fair price. I think he's around that 40, 4,900 to 5K mark across the industry. We know that the uh, the Lakers run out plenty of big, so you know this should buy Lopez looking at like probably close to 30 minutes, 32 minutes, as opposed to his normal games where they blow people out and they can roll out his brother for a good chunk of time. So not to mention, we always talk about when you go against this Laker team, there's one way to take advantage of that front court. And it's a guy like Brooke Lopez who can pull, uh, you know, 
Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee away from the rim and then just let Giannis slash. So when yeah. the more you have those two guys on the court, they they play correlate, play hand in hand with each other's game so well. That's why you see these Bucks are so successful. Yes, they have all these guys that are veteran guys that were once on like an all star team or something on their on their bench. But uh, it's that combination of Brook Lopez and Giannis that pulls the bigs away from the paint and allows this dude just to attack. So I do like all three of those guys. Uh, and then sliding over the Lakers side, it's very simple. You're playing LeBron or you're playing Davis. Or you're playing no one. It's one of those two guys. Those are the only two guys I have any interest in. If I had to push, I would probably say I like Davis more i like this matchup a little bit better for him Giannis will probably spend the majority of the game covering uh lebron and you know makes a lot of sense when you think about it so yeah i i think i'll be leaning davis and i think i'll be leaning middleton that will probably be my exposure if i'm looking to get some in this game but i'm not going to knock you if you want to play lebron or Giannis too they're, they're all four of them are fantastic plays there, there's no doubt about it uh you know this is going to be my stance my differentiator today i'm going to try to have a big 400 dfs points sitting in the tank and this try to hang on for dear life with uh, all the people that are going to roster guys in this game. I am going to take a complete pass just because I trust the defenses. I, I don't have the, the salary to pay up to the guys that I'd want to take, and I'm not going to force the secondary guys in just to have exposure in that game. So I know it's a it's, uh, stiff stance, but that's what DFS is about on slates like this. You know, it, you got to stand by what you believe. And, uh, you know, if I have a big enough lead and a couple of these guys in this game that are owned have 50-55, I still feel like I can hang on uh, for dear life and uh, and still win it. So I'm taking a little bit different approach, Michael, but, you know, I I think it's it, valid to do if, if you can uh, – build with so many great guys that we talked about throughout this entire podcast. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like you're fading them just because you think they're going to have a ton of ownership. No. You know, you're fading no. them because we got guys like Trey Young and Bradley Beal and some other guys that are just in fantastic spots at similar price tags. And, right. you know, when you look at that, it's it's tough to imagine where the ownership's going to go because, you know, everybody's going to look Very at the late tough. game hammer, uh, especially when you're talking about West Coast, that 1030 games prime time for them. It's no 730 doubt. on the West Coast. So people are going to be gravitating towards this I game. I think it'll be players. over-owned. That's my other reasoning. Exactly. Yep. I could see that. I easily could see that. And, you know, it, it, it can warrant both approaches. You can even go with maybe getting one guy from this game and then one of the Trey Young or Bradley Beals and get exposure to both. There's many I ways you can go about that's what most people will go. I, mm-hmm. I think they'll try to split it up. I don't. I doubt people load load up. That's why I'm not afraid, because I think if I have a big enough lead, I don't think I'm going to be staring at guys chasing me down with both Giannis and Davis or LeBron. I mean – I don't, if you're paying for two of those guys, the rest of your team's going to stink pretty much, I would think. Because, uh, yeah. you know, you're spending 25000 on two people. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's going to be nuts, though. It's a, What a fantastic night for basketball. I'm super excited about this slate, man. I am super excited. That's why I said um, in some slates I will go with Middleton just because I can get my exposure to Trey Young, Bradley Beal, and then still get some share in this game for a guy that I think is going to get a few extra minutes because – of just the overall game environment and it being a close one. So um, actually one thing I, I, I forgot to check coach. And before we bounce and leave real fast is, uh, is Danny green back? Uh, I'm not positive, sir. I know that. Avery Bradley is, I think Danny green is. Okay. Just because that might, that might impact a little bit of my Middleton shares knowing that they could throw some <laughs> bodies on them that are pretty good. But 
Um, yeah, no, I'll still, I'll still have some shares of him. That's probably the guy that out of the, all those guys I talked about, I'll probably have the most exposure to would be Middleton and then Davis. Like I said, those are two of my favorite options in this game. But, dude, it's Giannis and it's LeBron. It's two of the MVP it's candidates. It's, it's hard to say. Like, don't the play Giannis all-star, and LeBron. all-star, uh, you know, top vote-getters and captains of their teams, too. First and second MVP voting. Yeah, nuts. All right. Well, you know, we, we like to end every show uh, shouting out Mamba on 3.org. You know, big part of the reason we got this whole thing started was just the Mamba mentality that we wanted to – to live and breathe. And, uh, you know, this is a fund that was set up by Vanessa Bryant that, uh, to help the, the families of the people that perished. So go to M A M B A O N T H R E E.org and uh, chip a little into that fund. You'll feel good about it. And it, it affects the whole basketball community. So we really, uh, would encourage you to do that. We have shattered the all time, longest podcast in DFS coach talk history so far. So we have set a bar pretty damn high. I don't even know where we're at on time. Should I even look? No, I don't uh, because I think we started this yesterday. We're probably okay. over an hour and a half right now, to be honest. That's we are uh, one. 10 minutes short of two hours. That's fuck. Excuse my language. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, guys, uh, one and a half point speed. This one, perhaps. Uh, But listen, this is a 10 game slate with a lot of injuries, a lot of love and a lot of guys that we had to talk about. So I hope you guys look at this at the angle of like, wow, uh, that's impressive that these guys can produce a short film. Um, actually a normal film, an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. All right. We should get off here, coach. I'm We're sorry. The Irish in a podcast. If you know what I mean, if you saw that movie, this least. has always been my flaw. All my buddies always say this. Anybody that knows me is that Mike Apatra talks too much. And that's why they always said, you'll be good at podcasting, man. Well, <laughs> I, I fall into that category as well. So we, we create like when you, either one of us do a show with Andrew, it's always quicker. Cause he's a little more, you know, distinct and says what he needs to say. And, and uh, succinct is what I was trying to say. I did an apotry there. But, uh, you know, we, we have a tendency to, like now, we just wasted 30 seconds just talking about how long that we go. <laughs> it's so funny. We got to get out of here. <laughs> all right. It's been a great one. Uh, hopefully this helps everybody a lot. I mean, you need all the information you can get today because this is a nutty, fun, awesome slate. Maybe the best of the year so far. I'll go that far to say it. It's that it's that much of an entertaining slate. So awesome, buddy. Any final thoughts? Yeah, no, that's all. Have fun, guys. This is a fun, fun slate. This is the reason why we do DFS. So if you're really that worried about your lineup, just go low dollar and have fun playing, man. This is an awesome slate. Well, we thank you for tuning in to the full feature movie known as DFS Coach Talk Podcast. <laughs> for my fellow NBA pros, Mike Apatria and Andrew Hansen, I'm Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA. DFS.